All right. Hello and welcome to Sewer Signals, a podcast on utility experiences with wastewater surveillance. I'm Anna Marotra, Director of the Wastewater Surveillance Program at the Water Environment Federation. And I'm so happy to be talking today to Blythe Layton, who is joining us from Portland, Oregon. Did I get that right, Blythe? Are you actually yes. in Portland? Okay, good. I am. Yes, I live. Yes, I'm at home today and I live right. in Portland. Yes. All right. Well, welcome, Blythe. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So Blythe is the research program manager at Clean Water Services, where she runs the Molecular Biology Laboratory in their research and innovation department. Uh, Previously a scientist with the Southern California Coastal Water Research Project, or SCORP, uh, Blythe earned MS and PhD degrees in environmental engineering science from Stanford University, where her thesis focused on oceans and human health generally and microbial source tracking in the coastal environment specifically. So a little bit about Blythe's utility, Clean Water Services is a water resources management utility that combines science and nature to clean water and return it to the Tualatin River to protect public health for over 620,000 residents and businesses in urban Washington County, Oregon. They run Oregon's largest water reuse program through 1900 miles of sewer pipes, 43 pump stations, and four treatment facilities. So Blythe, actually my first question for you is, did I pronounce Tualatin correctly? Yes. Okay, awesome. (laughs) That's not an easy one. No. (laughs) All right, well, let's dive in. So tell me a little bit about when and how Clean Water Services got started with its wastewater surveillance program for COVID. Yeah, so way back in the beginning of the pandemic, um, Dr. Ken Williamson, my boss and the director of research and innovation here at Clean Water Services, he co-wrote an NSF rapid grant with two faculty members from Oregon State University, Christine Kelly and Tyler Radnicki. And so the three of them got this funding to start up wastewater surveillance in Oregon, and um, they pitched it on doing sort of small scale monitoring at the at the manhole scale in neighborhoods. Um, And yeah, so that was the beginning. Um, it's kind of a funny story, actually, how I got into it. I don't know if you want to yeah, hear it. Yeah, tell me. Kind of I'd a love to hear it. Okay. So everybody at, at uh, Clean Water has heard this story by now just about. So <laughs> um, as I was saying before we started recording, I um, just recently moved here before the pandemic started. So I was still in the mode of like getting to know my neighbors. And I was chatting with my next door neighbor. And it turns out she's an epidemiologist at our medical school here in Portland, Oregon Health and Science University. And she's like, you know, I hate to talk shop, but I've got these papers and I just I really want to start doing sewer surveillance for COVID here in Portland like do you know anyone do you know how we could get this started I was like you know yeah I might know some folks because I have some friends from grad school who are in the wastewater sector and I was like yeah sure let's let's see what we can do so we started networking and um, my husband also started networking and through his contacts he got connected with Ken and so I ended up on the phone with Ken late one night and this was like probably April 2020 um And I had all kinds of technical questions for him about the work. And he's like, you know, we might end up needing to hire somebody to do this. And it turned out that I was job hunting at that time. So I was like, actually, (laughs) I happen to be on the job market. I can send you my CV. And three days later, I got a call from Christine Kelly. And I started working at Oregon State as a postdoc doing surveillance in Oregon. That (laughs) is such a great story. Yeah. um, (laughs) Job connections over wastewater surveillance. That's awesome. So you've been involved then basically since the beginning with the program. Okay. From the ground up. That's right. Yeah, and you said it, it kind of started out smaller scale, but tell me what's the program look like now? Um, 
where are you sampling and, and how frequently and all that? Yeah, so um, at Clean Water Services, we sample our four treatment plants twice a week. Um, and <clears throat> that's part of a larger statewide program that um, Oregon State is still running. So in Oregon, we're sampling about 40 plants. And I think once or twice a week is, is roughly the frequency there. Um, but we are the only utility in Oregon that's um, processing and analyzing our own samples. Okay, and so you mentioned Oregon State University as one of your partners, although you're doing the analysis um, on site. Who, who else are you partnering with in, the, in this effort? Yeah, um, definitely the Washington County Department of Health and Human Services. They have a team of epidemiologists there now working on COVID and actually dedicated to our COVID and wastewater data and trying to figure out um, kind of what public health actions they can take based on the data we're providing them. So it's been a really fun partnership working with them. No, that's awesome. Um, and, and so you talked about how you are actually doing the analysis in your own, in Clean Waters Lab. Mm -hmm. Who does the sample collection and what does that look like? How many people are involved? What does the sampling team look like? And what types of samples are these, you know, 24-hour composite grabs, something else? Mm -hmm. They are 24-hour composites. Um, they're collected by our lab staff. Um, we just pour off some of the excess volume from our routine influent composite samples that we collect for regulatory purposes. We just take some extra volume, split out those samples, um, and analyze that. <laughs> okay, so, so pre pretty straightforward. And talked a little bit about how you're working with your Washington County um, Health Department and figuring out kind of how to use the wastewater data. Do you also, who else do you share the data with? Do the, with the public? Um, and sort of how do you get the sense that, that um, different organizations and um, stakeholders are using the data? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, so we share the data not only with the county health folks, but also with um, our partners at Oregon State. And they bundle our data with the rest of the statewide data and um, share it with Oregon Health Authority, which is our statewide public health agency. And OHA does have a dashboard where uh, the wastewater data are available publicly. And, you know, they're, they're just showing kind of trends of whether the numbers are going up or down. They don't give any, um, it's not like you can download a, a, a CSV file of the data or anything like that. It's just sort of very um, qualitative. Okay. Do you know if there's any intention in the future to move in that direction, like downloadable data sets with the actual concentrations or loads or something in it? I don't know. I would love yeah. to, and I've been really pushing for that personally, but <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, no, and that makes sense. Well, one of the, the question I was going to ask you earlier is sort of other targets besides SARS-CoV-2, because I'm um, expecting that you were already, that your lab was already looking at other analytes of interest in wastewater. And so in terms of kind of thinking beyond COVID, I know we're not quite there yet, <laughs> but have you already looked at um, for other targets in wastewater or are you thinking about where else you might look or what, what else you might look for in the future? Mm -hmm. Um. I know that OHA is really interested in flu and Oregon State's been running flu for this past season. Interestingly, it's been really low here. <laughs> Thanks to COVID, there's not much flu. Um, we are kind of on the fence about whether we're going to expand to the flu. We also measure, um, you know, just internal control markers. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> 
so, I mean, we are partnering with the county to um, hopefully get some some resources and some financial support from the county to continue to do this work because they are very interested in having the more real-time data that we can provide. Like I said, mm -hmm. there's like that 10-day turnaround with the with Oregon State because they just have such a high throughput and they're like a skeleton academic staff, right? <clears throat> so the county very much wants us to keep going and they're eager for us to expand into sequencing and be giving them weekly variant data. So who, where does the funding or where has the funding come from so far for the the SARS-CoV-2 surveillance work? Mm -hmm. Well, as I mentioned, there was the NSF rapid grant. Mm -hmm. um, we did get some CARES Act funding for the build out of our actual molecular lab and purchasing the DDPCR system and everything else to outfit that, to have the capability to do a wastewater surveillance in-house on-site. Um, and then the rest of our research funding um, comes from our ratepayers. It's internally okay. funded. Okay. So it's a kind of a... And, and I think there might be some county support in there too. Okay. Um, like a medley of, of funding support, which also seems mm -hmm. to be kind of a common theme for these programs. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So if you could go back in time <laughs> and start at the beginning with the, with the COVID wastewater surveillance program, what's the one thing you wish or the one or two things you wish you had known at the start of that program that you feel like would have been really helpful um, as you started along your, your journey? Yeah, I wish I, when I was putting together my equipment list for the new lab, I really wish I had asked for um, an automated extraction instrument, mm -hmm. um, like the BioMoreau, EasyMeg, Nucleosense program, or, or something along those lines. I, I call that one out just because it has a small upfront capital mm -hmm. cost, um, just because manual extractions have been such a pinch point for us in our lab. Um, we really like the magnetic bead-based extractions over spin columns. Um, but without an automated instrument, you're trying to do those mag bead extractions in a deep well plate. And the, it's really hard to get all the ethanol off the beads. And so we have a lot of problems with samples not meeting QAQC yeah. um, and having to do a lot of reruns, which of course costs extra money. And yeah. so uh, I have put in a capital request for a kingfisher for next year, fingers crossed um, that that comes through. But um, yeah, I just, I really wish we'd had something like that, like that from the start because it would have saved us so much headache and so many reruns and so many extraction failures and like. yes sounds like a lot of headache for sure yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so how many people do you have working in your lab that are dedicated to the wastewater surveillance program right now or working on it full-time if any I actually don't have anyone working on it full-time okay. um, I have a lab tech who probably spends about maybe a third of her time on this right now. And then I have another intern who helps with filtering the samples, um, who's, you know, maybe four to six hours a week on it. Um, and then I do a lot of the data analysis myself, but I have a lot of it automated with our scripts now. So it's pretty quick and easy. Okay. Um, and that's kind of it, you know, we're a pretty skeleton crew, um, but it's also only four plants twice a week. So it's exactly. pretty manageable throughput. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. So where would you say is the best place for people to go online to find out more about your program or find the data? Jay dashboard for that. Um, to okay. find more about our program, I think you can go to cleanwaterservices.org. And I believe there's a video on there about our wastewater surveillance program. Um, and, or, and, or you can just reach out to me directly by email. Um, okay. Great. And I know you're on social media too. Correct. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. Yep. Okay. 
Okay, awesome. So yeah, we'll go ahead and put links and um, your LinkedIn um, profile and Twitter and all that in the in the notes for, for this episode so people can reach out to you if they have questions. Um, so I have one more question for you, not related to wastewater. My understanding, and I have not explored very many of these places, is that there are an incredible number of beautiful places within a two-hour drive from Portland, Oregon. And I know you're still getting to know the area, but if you had to choose one of the following for a day trip, which would it be? So you've got the Columbia River Gorge, Cannon Beach, Mount Hood, I guess the government campsite, so it's closer to you, or Mount St. Helens, or would you choose something altogether different? Um, well, I actually grew up here. Okay. <laughs> um, we're just new to this neighborhood. Um, so I would, of, the, of that list, I would probably pick Mount St. Helens because I think that's the only one I haven't been to. Uh-huh. Um, but if I was making a recommendation for a visitor out this time of year, I would say go to Mount Hood and see her in her winter splendor before all the snow melts. <laughs> yeah, before all the snow melts. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'll start planning a trip out there soon. Um, Excellent. Well, Bly, thank you so much. Um, uh, talking to me today about your wastewater surveillance efforts and all the other wonderful things that Clean Water Services is doing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.